Welcome to No Take Signs, talking everything baseball from DFS to gambling to the season previews. Today, we'll be talking about the recent headlines um, having to do with the umpires intervening or deeming intent of hitting batters. We're going to talk about Big Poppy somehow still being relevant in baseball, uh, little Mike Fires. There's a new proposed new playoff format we're going to talk about, and then we're going to get into our AL Central preview with the Tigers, the Royals, the White Sox, the Indians, and the Twins. So to lead off here, we're going to go with Major League Baseball trying to intervene with hit batters and intentionally hitting people. Now, they're saying that this is like a new rule, but I feel like it's always been a rule that the umpires determine whether or not it was the intent. Um, What is so different about this rule? Um, so from what it sounds like, umpires are going to be able to almost not even give a warning, right? Like if somebody throws a, a high and tight fastball to Altuve or Correa to start the game, or they just come out hot, I think an umpire is going to have full carte blanche just to kind of eject people. Um, and from everything I've read as well, like that's going to go for managers, that's going to go for basically intent like was this you know ordered from the top down which is just kind of insane right yeah i mean i feel like it's kind of always been this way um outside of the warning you know and it depends on what umpire you get some umpires are going to be more lenient some umpires are going to be more strict like they're they're not going to have it in their game and some umpires are going to go you know what they deserve it because you know some umpires out there are very against the Astros right now. And I know they're supposed to be unbiased, but these guys are baseball guys through and through. And if they think the Astros, um, you know, did wrong and they feel like their punishment was bad, I don't see umpires really stepping in as much unless their job is threatened by it. Yeah, well, and what's the interesting thing is going to be is, I mean, I get it, right? Like if Mike Fires drills a guy, like, okay, I, I get that, you know? <laughs> But I just don't understand how this is going to be something like specific to the Astros. Is this going to be something like widespread in baseball? Because, I mean, headlines pop up all throughout the season. And I don't know how you can just say, like, you know, some umpires are going to have control over this and be able to, you know, kick managers out in the first inning of games. You know, that's going to change a lot. Um, Players are obviously going to be thrown out of games. Players are going to be suspended over this. Um, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen if players end up getting suspended for these things, Um, you know, and how that will work when they go to appeal, you know, their suspensions. And it's just going to be really interesting, man. Like, I'm really curious to see, like, I I feel like these are a lot of unnecessary, like, rules in a sense or headlines or memos, I guess, that are being sent. Um, You know, of course, you know, umpires have... Authority to throw people out if they think it's egregious, but I don't think like here in the first inning or the first game you can go and just start firing people and like launching them out of the game, you know? Yeah, and uh, what I do kind of like about this rule, I mean, I, I'm all for you know throwing out somebody that steps over the line, you know, going over that that imaginary line in um, in games, you know, and that includes bat flipping, showing up pitchers, showing up any player on the field. I mean, usually you bat flip or do something like that. Someone's going to throw at you later in that game or in a different series during the season. Now, if the punishment is way greater, I think what you're going to see is way more showmanship. 
you know, which, you know, I think it's more fun, but it might not be too great for the game of baseball or our baseball purists might not be too happy about that. Some of these young players might be able to get away with a lot more that they weren't able to in the past. Well, that was going to be my kind of next point. Like, it's almost as if uh, Manfred is, like, rewarding the Astros here. Like, players are saying, okay, look, baseball, you stepped in. You did a terrible job, uh, you know, assigning um, discipline on this, suspending players, you know, things like that. We're going to take matters into our own hands here and and handle the situation. So are you telling me Astros players can now go up to the plate? So they're going to get away from suspensions. They're going to get away from fines. And they're going to be completely exempt on being hit by pitches? Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I don't understand this. Like, you know, it doesn't make any sense at all. So if, you know, a player from the Astros gets hit, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And if they're able to dig in and just completely let it fly at the plate with no fear, I mean, that's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we've definitely seen a decrease in old school baseball, you know, sliding with your cleats up and taking matters in your own hands. I feel like we've seen a little bit less of that. Um, and now it's like that's going to happen less and less, which is going to allow players to do whatever the hell they want. And uh, I guess in some ways that's good. You know, it's got that NBA type feel to it. But at the same time, I mean, this is one of the purest games we have. And one of the you know, it's a it's America's pastime, you know, and it's like how much is that going to change where, you know, players are the enforcers. Um, that'll be interesting to see this season. Um, you know, moving on with that, we have uh, I feel like there's a lot of players out here. It's like people you're either pro MLB or you're pro Major League Baseball players. And it's like you're on one side or the other. And obviously Manfred and the owner, the 30 owners, they're on pro MLB. They're doing what's best for Major League Baseball, not necessarily for the game of baseball. You know, players want the old school game of baseball. And we got like Big Poppy, you know, saying what Mike Fires did was wrong. And he's talking crap about him, saying that And the quote says, after you make your money, after you get your ring, you decide to talk about it. What I have problems with that is, it's like, what is he supposed to do midseason and talk about it and lose his job and all of his teammates lose their jobs and maybe he never pitches again in Major League Baseball and he's blackballed? Like, this happens in any job, any workforce, you know. If you say something about somebody, it can really ruin your career. And, you know, Big Poppy saying this about Mike Fire, saying that he's a snitch, I mean, this is some really, like, ghetto street-type talk and it's like guys this is major league baseball here you know yeah i i don't really understand what mike Myers is supposed to do like you see somebody you know <laughs> rubbing vaseline on his hat what's he gonna like run out in the field and tell the umpire like mid-game that is his boys cheating you know like come on um you know this was the, the funny thing about this is is like was he quote unquote snitching like was he the one that helped uncover all of this you know yes was he wrong? No, like the Astros no. did this stuff. Like he wasn't like snitching on, you know, some like batter that one time got a tip on a curveball that was coming. This was like a widespread, highly thought out from the top down, you know, scheme to get an advantage. Like this is a, a major scandal in baseball history. You know, um, was he snitching? You know. Sure, but yeah, again, like, but at the end of the day, like, it's you know, you can't, someone was going to talk, right? Like, this was not going to forever be 
silent and, you know, kept under the rug. Like somebody was going to talk, somebody was going to say something and uncover it at some point. So it was too big not to, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm glad that it happened now. It didn't happen 20 years from now or something like that, where, you know, you don't understand what had, what's happened in the last 10 years, you know, how much more cheating has gone on. So in a way, you know, baseball should be applauding fires. You know, I get it, right? Like, you don't want your teammate, you know, having to look over your shoulders or whatnot. But again, I don't think this guy was like blowing the whistle on something where, you know, like, hey, man, you probably shouldn't have said something like that. You know, it was a pretty small deal. <laughs> it's like, no, this was a, like one of the biggest scandals in baseball history. Like, come on. Yeah, and the reality is uh, Mike Fires is on the A's, so he has to pitch against the Astros. And if he's in Houston and they're banging trash cans while he's pitching, I'm sorry, but um, you're going to try to nip that in the butt. So, again, your career prolongs. Why would he risk his career over other people cheating? So, you know, it, technically he snitched, but it's like um, Big Poppy saying these things I think was ridiculous. And he's like the only person siding with Jose Altuve. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I read something today that sounded like, uh, what did someone say? They, they feel like this is Big Poppy, you know, because he was hanging around the facility, which is what, you know, where he made these comments that they started to get word of what the, the like, hammer is going to come down on the Red Sox as well, you know. And so he was just kind of pissed <laughs> off and standing up because, like, this may not just be an Astros thing, you know, like some of these players departed and said, hey, we got away with it here. Like, let's try something like that over here. And, you know, um, so, you know, I don't think fires is, you know, he really gives two shits. You know, you don't come out and say something like this if you think so. And the cool thing is, is Mike Fires plays in the AL. So he doesn't ever have to step in the box. You know, Houston does. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. I think it was a little Bush League by Poppy to go that hard at fires. Um, you know, that, that the, that's the end of it, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the MLB, obviously, there's a lot of new uh, rule changes, but they have a proposed new playoff format this year. Um, I'm not too big on changing the playoff format too much. I feel like them adding the wild card game a few years ago was not a few years. I mean, a lot of years ago. Um, that was a big change on its own. You know, and adding teams, I think, dilutes the playoffs. You know, one thing I hate about the NBA, I feel like there's too many teams in the playoffs and there's average teams and the first round becomes very meaningless. You know, so with baseball expanding the playoffs, I don't know if that's such a good thing. What do you think? Yeah, dude, I kind of like it. You know, um, <laughs> I think there's two I think there's two parts to it. Like I'm kind of all for expanding the postseason if they could somehow shorten the regular season, you know, like. Yeah. I think even the most diehard baseball fans, you know, you get to kind of, I don't know, late August and you're like, all right, let's just let's just get to what matters. You know, let's get to the postseason. You know, half of the teams are eliminated. These series, you know, are completely worthless. You know, when you have the Marlins and Seattle playing like play teams that have already clinched or ahead by 20 games. So I'm all for, you know, expanding the playoffs. Um, what I don't like is this whole like reality tv format that they want to like push in there where you know a team gets a buy and then the division winners get to select basically who their opponent's going to be in the first round like what the fuck like what is that yeah. you know like it's so <laughs> dumb like i don't understand that's not needed no other sport really you know does it that way like it's just not necessary so 
I'm I'm for expanding the playoffs, you know, and I you know I'm more for if it was like wild card games, like make it a series, make it a three game series. You know, we can't like these one game elimination games are are pretty weak. Um, you know, you happen to get like last year the A's and the Devil and the Rays, you know, played like those are two really good teams. You know, they earned it. They won 90 plus games, you know, and they should get a three game series in there. Um, and I think if you get a three game series, you'll see a little, you know, some more upsets, you know, when you have to deal with pitching depth, things like that, um, bullpens and, and, and those kinds of things. But, you know, a one game series, you know, take, for instance, the Nationals, you know, you've got a Scherzer, you got a Strasburg and you can split that game, you know, down the middle and put those two horses in there like you're probably not losing that game versus someone else who you know um it has better depth let's say versus the horsepower up front so i'm for expanding it uh i think it'd be cool to have more teams in it if they could somehow shorten the regular season you know like i don't think we need more baseball we got plenty of it but if you could drop the regular season down to like 140 games you know and add four more teams to the playoffs i'm down with that all day yeah yeah, and I like the uh, the proposed uh, three-game wild card because, you know, I do think it's kind of BS. A team like, say, if it was like the Cleveland Indians and they had to come out here and play the Oakland A's in California for one game and then say the Indians win, and then they're going to maybe fly all the way back to New York and play a game in a day, you know? And it's like, guys, give, give them three-game series, you know? Let them stay yeah. in a location for a little bit. That's ridiculous, man. So yeah, I like the three-game proposal. The one game's a little ridiculous. I've always thought that was kind of weird, <laughs> but... Um, it's kind of college baseball-ish, but, um, but yeah. So that's the proposed new um, playoff schedule. And now cool. we're going to get into the AL Central uh, preview. So the AL Central, I think it's a very strong division at the top this year. Um, very weak at the bottom. Like, <laughs> very, very weak at the bottom. Um, so we're going to start from the bottom. Uh, we're going to start with the Kansas City Royals, and their projected record is 68-94. and 94. And they have the Tigers at 69 and 93, so they're kind of making these teams equal. Um, I think the Royals right now are better than the Tigers, um, but I have a feeling at the All-Star break, the Royals are going to be uh, trading any piece they have to build that farm system. So what do you think about the Royals going 68 wins? Yeah, I'm pretty like surprised by that. Like, I, I'm pretty surprised. Not that the Royals are like projected to be bad, Um but I'm very shocked that, like, the Tigers are projected to have, like, w- you know, <laughs> what one more win. But still, to be, like, yeah. even with them, like, I look at these rosters, and the one thing I'll say, you know, about the Royals is they do at least have a few pieces that are interesting and exciting. You know, Whit Merrifield, they got Mondesi, who's just a stud. Um, obviously, Soler, you know, dropped 40 bombs last year. You know, Hunter Dozier's not terrible. Alex Gordon's Alex Gordon. Perez is fine. They added Mikel Franco. You know, he's going to strike out like 7,000 times, but he'll hit 25, 30 home runs probably. I don't think this team is... I mean, the team's not going to be very good. But, like, I don't look at them as equal to the Tigers. Um, You know, I think they'll be competitive, you know, the cool thing about the Royals is they'll they'll play interesting. Like, they can play some small ball and have some power, you know. They're one of the youngest teams in baseball I have written down here. Um, I think they were the mm-hmm. fifth or sixth youngest team um, on paper heading into this year. Um, and if you get rid of, like, Salvador Perez, like, they are and they're even younger. So, I mean, you look at it, like, Mondesi stole 50 bases last year 
or he's projected to steal 50 bases and Whit Merrifield 30, like they're going to get on and like just make things exciting, make things a little interesting, make teams have to play real baseball. They're going to win some games. Like I think they'll be okay. Like they're not going to be, you know, bottom of the barrel, but I think they're better than Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the Royals are interesting because they're definitely a small ball team. They're in a very athletic team, um, incredibly athletic. But their pitching staff, I mean, they're all middle of the road guys, you know, and yeah. you're expecting, you know, this Royals lineup to score more than, you know, five runs in a game to get a W. That's going to be a little rough. I mean, you're going to have to rely on some of these guys hitting home runs and there's not much pop in this lineup. And as fast as they yeah. are. Um, you know, Mondesi is more of a threat, I think, to have inside the park home runs than just jacking it out of the park. Whit Merrifield's the same way. I mean, I was looking up um, barrels per plate appearance, and Whit Merrifield's all the way down at 3.3. And I mean, to be considered a real power threat, you got to be above that 8% mark to be a real power threat. And he's at 3.3. So, I mean, he's a small ball guy. So is Mondesi. I think Dozier has a little pop, but he's the same kind of deal. Alex Gordon, same deal. I don't think they have much power in this lineup other than Soler or Jorge Soler. And um, can he replicate his, what, 47 home runs last year? Like the quietest 47 home run season in MLB history because he was stuck in Kansas City. Um, yeah. Can he replicate that? Yeah, man, that's what I have here. Like they're young. They're going to play some exciting games. They're going to be competitive. You know, they're not going to just get shelled or just blown out every night. But I'm with you. Their pitching is not very good. You know, Danny Duffy's like leading their their staff. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not great um, for a, m- a million reasons. Um, <laughs> Brad Keller, Junis, like they got Mike Montgomery is like their addition, like the guy who's you know been to the Yankees, then the Cubs had him and they let him go. So they're they're not going to be great. Um, and I'm with you. Like my two biggest concerns for them is pitching, um, and then they just play in a tough division, man. Like this division's going to be really good. And I don't see them like I think they'll be okay, you know, outside of the division, but in the division outside of Detroit, which they'll probably split like they're they're going to get hammered. Yeah. Um, So on to the Tigers, which I think are going to finish below the Royals, just like you, but they're at 69 wins. I honestly I don't see this team getting more than 60 wins. Um, I see why they have them having more wins, and that's because of their pitching is a little stronger than the Royals. Um, Matt Boyd has definitely got to replicate some of his success that he's had in the past, but he's very inconsistent. Jordan Zimmerman. I mean, that guy hasn't been anything more than a fifth starter in what, three years, maybe. Um, Ivan Nova, that guy's always a wild card and he's always going to give up four runs every time he goes out. Daniel Norris. I mean, Turnbull, Alexander Fulmer. I mean, these guys are all four and a half, five ERA guys. Um, I mean, they're pitching stronger than the Royals and that's all you can really say about it. But their lineup itself, where in the hell are the home runs? <laughs> like, where are they going to get home Dude, runs? where is anything? Like, so first <laughs> off, when I, like, look at their projected staff, they talk about, like, possibly going with a seven-man pitching rotation. Like, okay, like, right there is a pretty big flag. All of these names are just, like, they just reek of average, you know, to below average. Like, <laughs> I guess they're just going to go with the hot hand and just, you know, throw someone out there. And if they get smacked in the first, then they'll just go to the next guy and on to the next guy and on to the next. Like, I, dude, I don't see it. And then you go to their their lineup, like you said. And, I mean, is there, like, one player on this team outside of Jonathan Shoup that, like, 
other teams would even want to trade for her. Like right, and Shoop and Shoop. I mean, I don't know if any team would even not want to trade for him unless like their yeah. second baseman. Yeah, if like someone's second baseman goes down, you know, around the All Star break, I can see somebody like wanting him. But that's like as far as it goes. Or they need a utility guy, and then you got like Miguel Cabrera. I mean, he's projected at 14 home runs this year, and I everybody had like 12 last year. And I guess that last year he had like the most pop he's had in like four years, and he only put out 12. With the loaded baseballs, everyone's going deep, and Miggy only got 12. I mean, the well, guy and, is done. And it's just, like, such a poor-run organization. Like, they had Castellanos, you know, last year, and at the deadline, like, right before they, like, dealt him for two middle-of-the-road prospects. You know, it's like, <laughs> have a little bit more, like, savviness to your organization, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm like a Jonathan shoot like Mark. Like I play a lot of DFS and and fantasy and dude, like I don't know what it is. Every time I have the opportunity to play him or scope, I'm sorry, like I put him in the lineup. I just I don't know why, but and he always disappoints. Like he is just it's not because the same they put guy. his uh, he's his salary is always so low on DFS, you know, and he he gets hits and he hits for average and stuff. So you're like, oh, maybe he'll squeak one, squeak some out. I mean. He's projected at 23 home runs, so you have to really be exact with him. You know, you have to be perfect because he is the candidate that goes 0 for 5, and then he'll hit a bomb the next day, and they go 0 for 5 again. So he's very unpredictable, (laughs) and it's not like he's going to have many runners on base for him if he does go deep. So, dude, maybe I like jumped the gun in the last pot. Maybe I jumped the gun in the last podcast. Like I made that hard stand that the Mariners are going to challenge for like the worst team ever. (laughs) I, Detroit might be worse than them. Like I, I think I jumped <laughs> yeah. the gun. Like I'm, I'm just looking at it. You know, Detroit would kill for like a Kyle Seeger or a Vogelbach or <laughs> you know Malik Smith or like this is not good at all. I mean they're, I mean we're spending way too much time on the Detroit Tigers, but like they're gonna be really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're 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 really young is like my only positive that I have like written down on them. And then concerns is literally every aspect of baseball. Like they they don't have any, you know. And what makes so. things worse, I think they're paying uh, Miggy over thirty million a year for the next like three seasons still. And the guy's like forty. So I think he's like think the, 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 like the worst version of pull hosts. <laughs> well, that's because everyone else is making a combined like oh, six hundred thousand. So they have to like pay someone. <laughs> I don't know, man. True. It's going to be bad. All right. We're done with the Tigers. I can't. I feel bad. I can't talk about them. Even when the the season starts and we get into DFS, um, the only talk about the Tigers is um, playing batters against them. Um, And even then, I don't even know if teams will throw out all their starters against them. So that's enough of the Tigers. So the next projected team, the third place, is the Chicago White Sox. They have them projected at 83 wins. I think they're going to go above this. Um, I think they're an up-and-coming team. And they're in a I – mean, they get to play the Tigers and the Royals a lot this year. You know, you're <laughs> they're the, going to kick You're on the bandwagon, huh, dude? You're drinking the Kool-Aid? Hey, I like when a team – I like when a team goes all out, you know. Um, and they got a lot of interesting pieces this year coming in. I mean, you got Yon Mankata, you know, first of all. He's in his third year now, and he's only gotten better every single year. Um, his one concern always is his strikeout rate, but the guy has a, his, um, barrel percentage was 7.9 last year. And the year before it was seven, the year before that, it was like six and a half. The guy gets progressively better every single year. I think Yon Mankata is going to be on a tear this year. I think he's got a feel for the major league baseball 
And he's obviously got a pretty impressive lineup all around him. Um, Jose Abreu really wanted to come back to Chicago. I mean, he could have gone tested free agency. He didn't want to. Um, he had a pretty big year last year. He had a 9.1 barrel rate. Um, Edwin and Carson Encarnacion. I mean, he was a huge addition. He had a 12.6 barrel rate last year, and that's normal for him. So they just added huge pop with Encarnacion. You bring in Yasmani Grandal, which is probably with the best framing catcher in baseball, um, and hitting wise, he's a switch hitter with power. He had the he had an 11.3 barrel rate last year. The guy can has some absolute pop, and you can fill that position. It's insane. You got they added Mazzara from the Texas Rangers, which just yeah. crushes righties. He had I like you know, that he move. had a 10.7, and that was huge. And he's going to be a third outfielder. And then when they throw lefties against him, you know, you have another guy come in. And you got like Luis Robert. That guy is an absolute stud with insane power. You know, he was only up for what, like 50 games last year, if that. And the guy hit like 18 home runs. Yeah. No, <laughs> this, team, dude, this team's going to be really exciting. Um, I'm I'm just I'm really stuck on them if they're like a year too early. Um, but I'm with you, man. I mean, you look at the lineup and on paper, it looks awesome. Like, you know, Moncada. You know, you got Tim Anderson that's going to be somewhere in there. But the Abreu I, and Grandal and Encarnacion, Jimenez, Mazzara, like middle Jimenez. of the lineup is going to crush. Um, my only big questions on this is like Encarnacion, 37 years old, you know, like, and is he actually 37? You know, like we don't really know, um, <laughs> you know, but they've added some serious like firepower to the lineup, you know, to go with already a really young core with Mancata. Abreu, Jimenez, you know, and Robert, like, dude, this team, like, is going to be very competitive. Um, I'm with you. I think they, they go over 83 games, but I think that's kind of where they're going to be, like, maybe 85, 88 games. I still think they're going to miss the playoffs just because, like, the, the AL is very top-heavy. You know, I we're going to talk about the next two teams after this, but I still think they're the third-best team in this division. You know, and that's just obviously my opinion. They've got some starting pitching added now, um, you know, but I, I like the team, man. Can they stay healthy and can they kind of live up to expectations like this year three, like you said, is where teams typically take off. But I'm still a little bit nervous that they're like one year too early. Um yeah, they could be. I mean, Lucas Giolotto, I mean, um, the pitcher, he's shown flashes of being an absolute ace. You know, he's just proven he's a little inconsistent at times. But again, you add a guy like Grandall to catch him. I mean, that's only going to improve this pitching staff and especially a young pitcher like Giolotto. Um, Dallas Cushell is going to bring Cushell is going to bring some um, veteran presence. Same with Gio Gonzalez, even though he's been dealing with a little shoulder soreness, I guess, in spring training, but they're not concerned. Um Dylan Cease, Reynaldo Lopez. Um, these are guys that are kind of unproven. And again, if Grandal can make these pitchers even a little bit better with this lineup, they're going to win a lot of ball games. Yeah, I'm with you. I, again, I think they're right around like a 500 team. You know, they won 72 games last year. I think if they win, you know, 85 games this year, that's a huge improvement. And, you know, they're ready to kind of really take off, you know, going forward. And obviously, depending on what happens with Cleveland. You know, if they decide to, you know, mail it in and fold shop and trade Lindor and stuff like that, you know, that could open the door for them to obviously kind of slide in. But as it sits right now, I, I think they're the, they're a very young, upcoming, exciting team that's, you know, 
right on the cusp of like you know going big so it wouldn't be it wouldn't shock me yeah. if they, they have an awesome year but i think they're right around like a 500 team all right yeah i think uh, your take is more bold than mine of them going 500 <laughs> i think they're gonna get close to that 90 range We'll listen back yeah. in like in like a year and a half when the baseball season's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, so we'll, we'll get into um, it here. I mean, like, the, the reasoning is these next two teams. Like, you know, absolutely. you play in a division. I my prediction is that the Indians kind of return back to where what they were two years ago. You know, I, I think this team is going to be awesome. Um, Clevenger getting hurt already is like very scary and makes me very nervous, you know, but they got Carrasco, you know, he's back, you know, rocking and rolling, you know, Bieber's a stud, um, you know, if Clevenger can come back and give them, you know, a solid 150 plus innings or something like that, you know, the starters on this team are legit, um, and I think this offense is awesome. I really like that they added Domingo Santana. And uh, Cesar Hand or Hernandez, sorry. Um, I mean, let's face it, Lindor is a top ten player in my opinion in the league. The dude's gr- yeah. freaking great. He does everything well. You know, Mercado is a stud. He's super young. Put him right behind Lindor. You've got some serious speed at the top of that lineup. You know, if Santana and Ramirez can just do what we think they're capable of, and Ramirez, what he did two years ago. I mean, I don't know what happened last year, but if those two can get back to just doing their thing and you add from Mil Reyes, dude, this team's going to be really good. Um, in my yeah. opinion. So Jose Ramirez in the second half of last year, after the um, all-star break, Jose Ramirez definitely returned to form that he was in two years ago. Um, so, and they were saying he was battling a wrist injury. So, and he came yeah. back from that and he, he started tearing it up. So, the Indians, I just don't know. I like their starting pitching a lot, and their bullpen is nice as well. Obviously, you got Lindor, Mercado. Um, Framel Reyes is like a DFS dream, right? You face the right guy. That guy has insane pop. I mean, he'll go one for five with four Ks and a grand slam. You know, like he is your all or nothing type guy. Getting Cesar Hernandez on here, that guy's going to, you know, fill in at second base and be a great um, defender and get on base for these guys. I just don't know, like, at the bottom of their lineup, this 7, 8, 9 range, how tough they really are. 1 through 6, I do think they're strong. Can Clevenger come back healthy? Does Shane Bieber continue getting better? I mean, Carrasco's coming back from, um, like, cancer treatments last year. I mean, these are big questions for the Indians. But obviously, they believe in this pitching staff by trading uh, Kluber. Um, So they obviously believe in them, and they believe what they're going to do. It'll be interesting to see if they're competing – around that all-star break trade deadline time and see what they do because they're kind of running out of time with this team. Well, that's the biggest thing. Like they got to make a decision on Lindor. Um, You know, like they're not going to trade him obviously if they're five games up in the division or right there, you know, Um, I I just look at like overall, I mean, they've got four guys that, you know, are probably going to go for 30 bombs or more. You know, three guys are also going to steal 20, 30 bases, you know, so they can run, they can smash like they're really good for the most, you know, like you said, one through seven. You know, there's a few question marks at the bottom of the order there, but um, similar, you know, like they'll, they'll run, you know, they'll they'll put guys in there that can get on base, that can steal, that can hit and run. They can do some things at the bottom to kind of mask that a little bit. Um if their starters are fine, like this team's going to be good, man. Um, I'm with you though. Like if they get off to a slow start, 
are they going to just like fold up shop? You know, is Lindor, you know, um, I mean, who the hell knows? Like, is he going to be a Dodger in like six, six weeks? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I'm with you. I think they're, in my opinion, the second best team in the division, just because I've seen it before. Like I, I know these guys can produce and they're all still relatively young. Um, whereas the white Sox, the reason I'm a little bullish on them is like, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm a big, like, I, I get the hype, but like until I see it, I can't go all in on it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a, I guess I'm just a uh, glasses half full type of person here the other way. I think the Indians yeah. are going to be less than they were last year. I think having like a 92 win season and missing the playoffs is definitely disappointing. Um, Lindor didn't have as good of a season last year as he did the year before. I mean, does he bounce back from that during all these contract talks? Um, does he want out of there? I mean, he's saying, yeah, I want to be here, but there's no team discounts. I mean, there's there's a lot of little chemistry stuff that goes into that. Um, but they got to yeah, be coached in place, like, and if, obviously if they, they can, run a if they can, If they can get it back to kind of where they were last year in that 92 to 95 win range, they're going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. I think the Rays take a step back. Um, you know, I think that was kind of a one-hit wonder what happened last year. They lost some guys. And I think, you know, we talked about in the last pod, but Houston, you know, is going to probably take a step back just from, you know, the the freaking storm going on over their their organization right now. So I think 92 to 95 wins might catch you that second wild card, you know, and, you know, this team has the pop. And, you know, if you throw Clevenger or something like they're a Bieber out there for, uh, you know, what's right now a one game wild card play in game. I mean, they could beat the A's. They could beat someone like that. No, no doubt about it. To kind of get into that next, next grouping. So, for sure, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, the White Sox and the Indians uh, duking it out. Um, everyone's kind of penciling in this next team as number one, and it's the Minnesota Twins. And it's hard to disagree with anybody with this one. I mean, the Twins have some insane power in this lineup. I know, man. dude. Like, I'm like a, it's like fun I, to look at. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever said anything like great about Minnesota. I lo- uh, dude, I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm ready to adopt the Twins as like a second team. You know, being like a home, like want to be a homer about it. Like, dude, they they were legit last year, and they just added Josh Donaldson um, into the middle of this lineup, like. They're going to absolutely mash, you know, like they should have five, six guys approach 30 home runs. Like that's ridiculous. Um, you know, that ballpark set up to completely crush the ball. You know, they are not a team that's going to get on the bases and run and, and you know, move guys over. They are getting on to try to knock in a three run bomb, which is sweet. Like that's welcome to 2020 in Major League Baseball, you know, Um but, you know, I, I'm kind of a Kepler mark. I really like Max Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Donaldson, Rosario, Garver. Those guys all crushed. Uh, uh, Luis Arise, Sano. Like, I mean, dude, this lineup's awesome. Miguel and- Sano. Miguel Sano has some serious pop. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, were down on him because he was having a really bad year. I think it was uh, last year and the year before. And it was like, what the hell happened after that home run derby appearance? Like, it all fell off for I know. him. But he started getting it back last year and last year. So I'm telling you about these uh, barrel percentages. And I told you, if you're around 10, you you got some pop. Sanu, when he made contact, he was at 21.2% <laughs> last year. 
I mean, the guy just goes for it. And then you got Nelson Cruz at 19.9. Josh Donaldson at 15. I mean, (laughs) Nelson Cruz is going to be dropping home runs when he's like 60 years old in this league. Like, he's unreal. It's not even that he he still bats over 300. Like, it's not even that he's like a 240 guy and does this. It's it's like the and we go back to fantasy, like Nelson Cruz versus a left-handed pitcher is like a guaranteed home run. Like the guy yeah. is, if you're a left-handed <laughs> pitcher having to play the twins, oh my God, that sucks so much. And the one guy that doesn't really have pop on this team is Byron Buxton, who's going to bring a gold glove and like one of the fastest, like, you know, players in the league. Like, so top the, to bottom, the question man, with this him is injuries. I know. Yeah, he, he needs their record to with that. him last year. Yeah, their record last year with him. They I think they had over a 700 winning percentage when they had him. Yeah. And it decreased under like 300 when they didn't. I mean, his glove in center field, his base running, and he does have pop. He is insanely athletic. And, you know, he's like 6'3", 6'4". He's a big guy. You know, he's not just your quick little speedster, even though he'd probably run like a 4'1 in the 40-yard dash. His question is, can he stay healthy? I mean, the guy yeah. just gets hurt every time he steps on a field. I mean, if this team can replicate anything they did last year, having like Jose Barrios um, in the starting rotation, I mean, they're yeah. going to be killer and they're going to be yeah. very hard to stop. Barrios, um, dude, he just has to take the next step. Like the kid's electric. The kid's got all the stuff making it to be a complete, complete ace. He's awesome. Odorizzi had a really good year. You know, they added Homer Bailey, which, you know, whatever. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. I think that guy guy went to Oakland and did okay. (laughs) I know, but he's a fifth arm. You know what I mean? And, like, you look around the league and, like, no fifth starter is, like, coming in and just, like, puffing their chest out. So, as a fifth starter, he's fine. Kenta Maeda is a good addition. You know, he's going to eat up a lot of innings and be good for him. And then, you know, you have the kind of X factor of Rich Hill, you know, who's – going to be hurt every three weeks. But when he's healthy, like, Rich Hill's a good pitcher. Um, so, dude, this team's going to come up on 100 wins, I think. They're going to be, like, they're going to be the, you know, class of the division, um, in my opinion, if they can stay healthy and just kind of re- do what they did last year, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, reality, I think the bigger question is, um, we all know what the Twins are going to do during the regular season, but... I think they've lost their last like 18 playoff games they've ever played as a franchise. And you cannot yeah. look past that. I mean, they're a great team and all, but that is not good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not picking them to win the World Series or anything. But I think in terms of this division, they are still kind of king of the hill. Um, until someone proves otherwise, this team's going to just absolutely drop bombs and and try to outscore every night. And they've added some to their pitching staff. So it's like... You mix that offense with, you know, that pitching gets a little bit better. It's like, how do they not win 100 games if, you know, help aside? So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it'll be fun to watch um, the Tigers and the Royals pitchers trying to pitch in Minnesota. That is going to be very fun. (laughs) My God. Yeah. Good good luck to those teams. It's not going to be good. Um, so in the AL Central, um, they have the Twins projected at 93 wins. I'm with you. I think they're going to be around that 100 mark. Um, dude, so going from top to bottom here, yeah, 93. I don't think it's enough, not for them. I think they're gonna, they're saying that they're not gonna produce like they did last year, but I I think they got better. 
and you got guys like a Max Kepler. Um, I think he's only getting better. Um, you know, yeah, Mitch Garber, my... catcher. The guy's an absolute stud at catcher, man. <laughs> I'd have to look up the odds. You know, I mean, we'll start doing that for the next pod uh, on, um, you know, the gambling gambling sites. But if 93 wins is still still the, the play here, I guess, if that's still active in sports books, like people do not like wait another second, go drop that and hit that over. Like they're going to hit that over. No doubt about it. Absolutely. And they have a chance at uh, breaking the home run record that they set last year. Um, so going from top to bottom, we got the twins uh, at 93. I mean, you both think they're going to go over. Um, then they have the Indians at 86. Um, I think the Indians are going to be right around that, if not below that. You think the Indians are going to be up around that 95 range, potentially. They have the White Sox at 83. I think they're going well above that. I think they're going to be touching that 90 range. And the Tigers and the Royals both, I think 68 and 69 is uh, too high. They might be in the 50s, um, especially knowing what the Tigers look like and what the Royals' potential trades are. I think it's going to be a very top-heavy division. And uh, after a team saw what the Astros did over the last 10 years, and not not including the cheating stuff, um, how they pretty much tanked to get those draft picks and to get top players, you know, and the Astros built that organization and the Tigers really need to look into doing something like that. They need to hit that reset button and start over. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. My only thing that I'll preface with the Indians and I'm not trying to like leave a back door way out of my prediction, but Clevenger needs to be <laughs> healthy. If Clevenger's healthy, this team approaches 92, 95 wins. If he, you know, has lingering issues and has to do another stint on the DL and, you know, he's out for a while. Like this team's not the same. I mean, I think Clevenger is a frontline starter, um, you know, so if he's not right, this team could have some issues, but um, everything's sane is when he had surgery what last week, they're expecting four to six weeks or something like that. So that would put him right in line of being ready for about the start of the season. Maybe he misses a start or two. You know, while he gets some, you know, gets his arm and pitch count back up. But if he's fine and misses a start or two, I think this. Yeah, and a, and a meniscus tear. That meniscus tear is not that big of a deal for a pitcher, and especially he's in the American League. He doesn't have to run the bases. He doesn't have to do any of that stuff. He just has to pitch. Not saying that's easy, but a torn meniscus is. It could definitely be worse than that. And he's yeah. going to bounce back from that, no problem. Um, and he's an absolute beast with a Bieber. So if they can keep up what they've been doing with Carrasco, I mean. Yeah, the real, and they got to face the um, they got to face the Twins and the White Sox lineups all year too. So we'll see how they handle that. That's two teams in the division that have absolute pop. So exactly. I think the AL Central is going to be a very interesting division and definitely a very uh, fun division, uh, fun to watch For this sure. year, especially through DFS. <laughs> We're going to have a yeah. rostering a lot of this division in DFS. Yeah, no doubt, it's going to be a fun division to watch. So yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, same here. Um, Thank you guys for joining us on No Take Signs. Uh, Join us next week. We'll be uh, previewing the AL East and whatever else uh, comes up this weekend for headlines. I'm sure there will be plenty. Um, Don't forget to rate and review the pod. Five stars are welcome. but Hit that subscribe button. (laughs) All right. Hit that subscribe button. Later, guys.